So hello, um, this is Sally coming to you today talking about intentional community. And this time I'm talking about uh, Loch Ness condos and earthquake uh, consequences. Uh, this is, I, we live in South Central Alaska and we had an earthquake about a year ago, a little over a year ago, November the 30th, 2018. So um, this is uh, kind of looking back a little bit and talking about uh, how, how things developed for us. I was looking on uh, the computer for different um, videos on condo associations and, and assessments following a, a large uninsured catastrophe, catastrophic loss. And I didn't see much along those lines. We have an excellent um, neighborhood, an excellent community with a lot of very talented people. And our um, board of directors, our directors are great and our officers are great. It's been really uh, nice in that respect. It's even been good to get to know the people a bit better because we've had to get together monthly to meet um, for uh, restoration of the property. So we've had a lot more interaction than, than we would have normally if everything had been going great. Anyway, on, on November the 30th in the, in the morning, uh, I was in bed listening to the radio still, being a little bit lazy, and all of a sudden it started shaking. And it shook pretty hard, I mean, hard enough that I knew this was going to be a pretty big earthquake. Uh, I was here in 1964 in, in March when we had the, uh, the big one that was over nine on the Richter scale. And uh, this one for the average for the area was a seven. Some are saying that in our particular spot, it was probably more like an eight, but that's not an official thing. It's just, it's just what I've heard from um, kind of people who are in the know on those things, but but I'm not positive about it. Anyway, I, I realized it was going to be large, and so I um, popped out of bed and decided I better get to the door. And um, I wasn't really properly dressed to go outdoors, but I thought, well, you know, when it stops shaking, it, I can find some clothes back in the house or somewhere. Anyway, I'm not going to worry about it. Um, most of the time, people tell you not to go outside during an earthquake, but to get under something that'll protect you so that uh, nothing will fall on you and hurt you. And uh, that's pretty good advice, generally. But in 1964, I was in a building that uh, wasn't, wasn't doing so well. It was kind of falling apart, so I ended up... Uh, getting out of there it started shaking and, and uh, I thought gee so this is an earthquake you know it was the first one I'd been through my mother told me that we have earthquakes up here and uh, so I you know I thought that was kind of interesting then it went on shaking and it started jolting really hard and um, it was terribly noisy and, and I started wondering if we were being bombed instead of having an earthquake it was then that I decided I'd better get out of there. I was in the basement of a, a building made with cinder block, and it was a, a 
an athletic uh, club. And uh, it was very dark down there. There was a, a ceiling to floor drape. And uh, the lights had gone out, of course. And so I thought, well, I better get out of here. And I'm trying to find my way through this big drape. And then there, were all, there was all this exercise equipment around. And finally, I saw up front the uh, light shining down the stairwell. And I thought, that's, that's where I have to go, you know. So um, I made a beeline for that. And the door had fallen down the stairs. It was, it was just lying across the stairs. And I stood there at the, at the base of the stairwell watching cinder blocks fall, you know, the way um, probably as a, as a child, maybe you watched the rope turning before you ran in to jump uh, when two people were turning it to you. So. Anyway, I made it up onto the street and ran straight into a, a man and had to back off and apologize a little. And I looked up and another street over, I saw J.C. Penney's come down just like a waterfall. And at that, at that point, I was wondering <clears throat> what, uh, what I was going to find, you know, when, when I got home. You know, I had no idea if my mother and my brother were okay my friends and that sort of thing. Everyone was fine. Anyway, a lot of people did have a lot rougher time than we did back then, but it was the memory of that earthquake that made me uh, realize when I felt this one first starting that it was going to be a pretty, pretty uh, hefty one. So I thought, well, I better, you know, think about going out. Maybe I won't, but uh, at least I'll be ready in case I need to. Anyway, that sort of kicked off the, uh, the year. We've had uh, condo association meetings every month since then. Um, we have 42 homeowners in our complex and 14 um, buildings. One was condemned, and then some of the others have rather serious damage in them. Uh, there are some with cracks in the foundation or the garage that you could put your fist into. And others that, uh, there are other buildings that have several floors in outside decks, you know, going to the different entries and exits. And some of those decks have started to come apart from the building. The um, community's configured in two circles, pretty much. The back side of the circles is on the brow of a hill. The hill goes down to a pond, and then there's sort of a green belt um, between the buildings and the pond. So it's, you know, it's a nice place to live with a good view and that sort of thing. But unfortunately, what happened is that when the uh, buildings were initially constructed, they didn't do. They didn't compact the soil well enough so that it was uh, nice and stable. Instead, um, we've developed something of kind of a landslide problem on the back of the property, and it's going to be uh, necessary to get in there and compact the soil and correct some of the footings and so on underneath the buildings. There's a lot of work to be done. We had. Uh, we had to wait a bit before we got uh, different engineers out here to take a look. We've had structural engineers and soils engineers and um, 
architect um, take a look at the property. <clears throat> so we've you know got an idea of what can be done to work with it. We don't have all our estimates yet, even now, because uh, there was so much damage all over the area that it, you know we just didn't have enough people to uh, come and check things out and give us estimates and that sort of thing. So we're still we're still waiting for some estimates too. We did have a, a community meeting initially with representatives from state of Alaska and FEMA there, and uh, that was uh, that was very informative. They told us that um, the state of Alaska had up to seventeen thousand five hundred in, in uh, grant money for people who qualified. And FEMA had a matching uh, same amount for people who qualified. And then um, the SBA was uh, able to loan, um, I forget how much it was for individual homemakers. For us in our uh, condo association, we were able to get two million lined up. They don't actually give you the money. They, it, it, they, allow it kind of like a line of credit. And as we start to get invoices for work being done, we turn them into SBA and they pay them. But that was a $2 million loan that's to be paid back at two and three quarters percent interest over 30 years. So it's a pretty good deal. Um, I think that the assessments for 2 million worked out to around 50,000 Per person, per homeowner, and then of course with uh, interest, it works out to be about eighty eighty thousand. Anyway, um, and the process was set up. First of all, a person saw FEMA representatives. And we didn't do this in order. We did it out of order. And then we had to go back and get back in the order and jump through the hoops. But first of all, you see FEMA. And if you're, uh, if you're not able to stay in your home, they will help you arrange uh, lodging for, I think it's 30 days. Then um, if, you, if your home is unsafe to stay in, you're eligible for uh, funding from them. Then you have to, if you still need money, you have to go to SBA and apply for a loan. And uh, if you qualify, then, you know, then uh, that's worked out. Um, I didn't qualify for a loan, so that my income and expense were too close together and they didn't see you know, how well I could pay that back. So um, I didn't qualify for the SBA loan. And if you didn't qualify for that and you didn't get what you needed from FEMA, I was able to stay in my home, so I didn't qualify for anything from FEMA. Then you could go back to the SBA and get some help. And um, I had cracks in every room uh, running up and down from the windows at 45 degree angles. Big, some really big cracks there at all of the windows and all of the doors. And um, then I had a bit of grout work that had to be done. And I uh, have a door 
couple of doors actually, one one exterior door and one inside door that aren't working right. We're going to have to have a little bit of attention, but they'll still open and close and lock. So that's, you know, that part wasn't too bad. Um, I had around probably a bit over 13,000 in damages for my place. And that included uh, repairing the drywall, patching it, not replacing full she full sheetrock sheets, and then texturing and painting after that, and, and then the other work that I mentioned too. One building was condemned, and the people who lived in it had to go and find uh, other other places to live. They're still living in other places, and they're still paying their um, monthly fees for the condo association here until they end up moving back in or moving someplace else. There's um, the law on, on uh, condos is pretty much the same all over the country. There's a duty to repair and restore. And um, let's see, I'll read a little bit here. A unit owner is personally liable for the common expense assessments, which become due and payable during his or her ownership of the unit. In absence of a successor's written agreement to assume a unit owner's obligation, personal liability for such assessments shall not pass to a successor, successor entitled to the unit. <clears throat> so it's, uh, you couldn't sell your place and necessarily pass along the assessment unless you negotiated that with them. Um, the association shall maintain repair and replace all of the common elements except for the limited common elements or other common elements which are required by this declaration to be maintained, repaired, or replaced by less than all unit owners. So in a condo, probably most people who are listening to this would know, basically uh, the homeowner owns from the walls in like an apartment more or less. Um, there are common areas, like I have a deck outside that no one uses except for me. That's one of those things that's considered a limited common area that I'm still responsible for. That's because um, no one else really uses it to get in and out of their um, units, and it's, it's not even my main entry. It's my second entry. Um, there are other things, too, like... Uh, uh, for example, a flue from, from a stove, you know, uh, would be considered a limited common area. Those things are generally the responsibility of the homeowner if, if, they're, if the use of them is not shared kind of publicly. The common areas are the, the uh, structures of the buildings and the land that were built on and the uh, um, uh, lines, water lines and sewer lines and that sort of thing. So um, when it says that the association is responsible for that, of course, most anyone listening to this understands that's not talking about Santa Claus. That's talking about an expense that's shared by all of the homeowners equally. So we are the association 
we have directors and we have officers, but all of the owners are the association. So <clears throat> just kind of a quick explanation there. Um, the portion of the common interest community for which insurance is required under AS 348440, or for which insurance is actually carried by the association, whichever is more extensive, that is damaged or destroyed, must be repaired or replaced promptly by the association, unless, one, the common interest community is terminated, pursuant to statute, unless repair or replacement would be illegal under a statute or municipal ordinance governing health or safety, or three, unless 80% of the unit owners, including each unit owner of a unit that will not be rebuilt, vote not to rebuild. So that's one of those things that we're dealing with right now. Uh, kind of want to talk about that a little bit more. Um, the building that's condemned to rebuild would cost almost, a, it would cost probably another million anyway, according to the, the architect that we talked to. That's because the buildings on either side are pretty close to it. And it sits on the brow of a hill where there isn't easy access coming up the hill. The only place that's open is the um, kind of the circular driveway that, that uh, accesses all of our buildings. And from there, you could um, take the building down and then rebuild it again. But everything is so close there that it's gonna be, it would be very difficult to get equipment in there and to get um, refuse out and still allow everybody else to go to work in the morning and go grocery shopping and carry on business as usual. So looking at that kind of expense, um, we talked to our lawyer, who happens to be a, a good uh, real estate expert uh, here in Alaska. And uh, he said that we might start thinking outside the box for some other kind of solution that's less expensive because the statute here uh, was not constructed with the idea of an, an uninsured catastrophic loss like what we have. We asked him if there were any precedents that he was aware of in different um, states in the U.S. And he had checked, and I guess there aren't. So we're all kind of in the same predicament. But our little association happens to be a pilot in, in this uh, endeavor of trying to think outside the box. Anyway, um, we looked into um, buying out the owners of the condemned building, and then we would just destroy it and have, you know, have an area there maybe devoted to parking or something like that. And um, that would turn out to be um, significantly less expensive than trying to um, re rebuild right there. 
So we worked again with our lawyer and, and uh, found a formula for uh, buyout. And before we do that, we have to have a vote and get to, you know, 80% uh, approval to, to go ahead and enter into negotiations and, and work this out. So um, that's where we are right now. As for the people who attended the meeting, we had, uh, I think we had all but one vote in favor of doing things this way. And I think that the additional votes we need probably go to owners who are right now living outside and renting their condos out. So um, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see if we can hear from them and get um, get enough of a vote together to go ahead with the uh, what we consider the the better arrangement. Um, we talked again with our attorney and, and he said that one thing we will need to do and he'll work with us is to get together with um, the legislature to work on amending the law so that there is some kind of provision in the future for uninsured catastrophic losses and uh, that that sounds like a good deal um, the statute requires insurance, but uh, you know the concept probably of self-insurance. Um, the people who were living here at the time, I, I hadn't moved in yet, but I guess they must have decided, they made a decision not to carry earthquake insurance. One reason for that is, is uh, it's quite expensive and the uh, deductibles are very, very high also. So a person might pay premiums for years and years and years, and then eventually um, move away and and never never have a loss at all, never get anything back out of all the premiums they paid. On the other hand, they might have um, kind of a hearty loss because of an earthquake, and um, it still might be slightly under the deductible. So they still wouldn't recover anything on the uh, premiums that they've paid. So I think when people thought that over and realized how expensive it was, that they probably uh, decided it would be, it would make more sense not to carry the insurance and just to deal with uh, a loss if such uh, happened to occur. And of course it has, it did happen to occur. So, um, there were a few people who, who had insurance, but uh, um, not, not very many. So um, anyway, that's, that's where we are right at the moment. And uh, we're just waiting for the rest of the vote uh, to come through on this. So here's, here's kind of something to add to our little group of uh, condo assessment um, videos that are that are online. Yeah.